Welcome to the Impactful PBL Podcast. I'm Candice, your host, a project-based learning coach and leader of the Impactful PBL Network. And you can find me at impactfulpbl.com. I'm on a mission to do good work with good people for good reasons, and I hope you are too. If you are a current or aspiring project-based educator looking for strategies and ideas to craft memorable learning experiences that empower your students to tackle challenges in their school and community through project-based learning, then you're in the right place. Join me as I share resources and tips to help you launch a PBL initiative in your classroom. Welcome to the Impact Makers community, and let's talk PBL. Hey, Impact Makers. This week, we are discussing how you have everything that you need right now to get started with PBL. So first, I just want to share something with you regarding me starting this podcast. I had an idea to start a podcast a while back. I started this podcast in, I think, June of 2020. But I actually started thinking about starting a podcast before that time. But let's say I started really exploring it in January of 2020. And the reason why I wanted to start a podcast is because I wanted to share what I'm learning about project-based learning and teacher development with a broader audience. And I didn't really want to create a blog because I didn't want to take the time to write because writing takes me a little longer than it does to speak my thoughts. And I didn't want to do videos because I felt like that was just such a big production. You got to have the right camera. You got to have the right lighting, the sound, the background. And then I didn't really want to focus a lot on social media because frankly, I just find social media a little exhausting. So I thought, why not a podcast? I listen to podcasts on a daily basis and it seemed like a a great idea. It seemed like it might be not easy to do, but it seemed easier to start a podcast than it would be for me to start a blog or create videos or commit to social media. So I read a bunch of articles and guides and I watched how-to videos and I even spoke to a few people that I knew who were podcast hosts just to gain some insights on the process. You know, the good, the bad, the ugly. And after the months of research and reading, I somewhat understood the process, but was still a little confused on some aspects of it. So you're probably thinking, well, you just said you did all this research and you were still somewhat confused. And the answer is yes, because I realized that I would continue to be confused until I executed on the project, which is starting a podcast and actually setting it up and recording an episode. So months went by and I pretty much got tired of saying, or I guess I should say thinking to myself about how I'm going to start a podcast. So I said, you know what? There would never be a perfect time or a perfect situation or an instance where I would feel 100% prepared. Because when you're exploring something new, you will have questions and that will lead you to other questions. And most of the time, the answer doesn't appear until you take action or experience that thing for yourself. So I needed to actually start a podcast to really understand the process of managing a podcast because action brings clarity. Now, does my experience sound familiar? Have you been talking about or thinking about trying project-based learning for months or years and still haven't? Have you read articles and attended webinars? And some of you actually have completed project-based learning training, but haven't launched a PBL unit yet. Or maybe you launched a PBL unit and it didn't go exactly as planned and you vowed to revise it and do it again with a different set of students, but for whatever reason, you didn't. So this leads me to sharing about something that happened a couple of months ago. I was hosting the Impactful PBL Roadmap, the basics course, and it's basically a four hour workshop and it's designed to get you started with PBL. And I introduced the Impactful PBL Roadmap and the steps so that we complete a few steps during that time. And, and then the idea is that you take this roadmap and you finish it and you execute a PBL in your classroom. And so it's designed to be an intro course for people who are exploring whether they want to get started with project-based learning. 
So during this training, my internet was spotty and I got kicked off the training. And when I rejoined the training, one of the teachers was bringing me up to speed on what happened in those four minutes with me being out of the training. And she shared a story with me around some of the teachers were stating that, oh, I need this to happen for me to start my PBL unit, or I need these resources to start my PBL unit, or I need these teachers to collaborate with me to start my PBL unit. And the teacher was sharing that one of the things that she realized in her experience of being a teacher, and at this point, I think she said she had been a teacher over 20 years, was that if you continue to wait, you will never do it. It would always be something that you say, I need this in order to do this. And you'll find yourself talking about that thing for years. And she said that in her career, she realized that if she was interested in exploring something in her classroom, she just needed to go and explore it and do it. And that she actually learned more when she took action in her classroom and see what it was like in real time and made adjustments and then went back and said, okay, what is it that I need to learn now to make this better versus waiting for a perfect time? because she realized there was no such thing as a perfect time or a perfect situation or having perfect resources. And I completely agree with her reflection because sometimes we can miss out on growth opportunities waiting on the perfect moment. That leads me to this week's topic. You have everything you need to get started with PBL right now. So you might be thinking, Candice, you don't know me or my situation. And that may be true, but bear with me for a moment. I say you have what you need to get started. I didn't say you have what you need to be an expert. One of the benefits of interacting with teachers from various states and teaching different subject areas and working in various school environments, whether they've been teaching five years or 20 years, is that I get to hear their thoughts, their ideas, their successes, and their challenges. And what's interesting is that when it comes to project-based learning, I typically hear repeat questions, concerns, or hesitations. Let's discuss some of them today and explore how to reframe our thoughts and see if we can look at some things a little differently so that we can take action in our classroom. So thought number one, I don't know enough about PBL yet. So I want to ask you, what's considered enough? What would make you feel more comfortable? If you have attended a PBL training and still haven't taught a PBL unit, perhaps what you still need to learn will develop when you execute an actual project. Some things you won't know until you do it. However, if you haven't attended a full PD training on PBL, but you've read some books and you listen to some webinars and podcasts and maybe talks to some other project-based educators, basically you might feel like you have a foundation, but you don't feel comfortable diving in. So maybe you do need to learn more, but you have or you can have access to more resources. For example, I offer a free online PBL mini class, Nine Steps to PBL Success, and I provide a planning guide to get you started. And I'm sure there's other PBL trainers and organizations that offer resources as well. To take your practice to the next level, you probably will need additional support, but you can get started with planning right now. Thought number two, I don't have enough resources. Typically, teachers are talking about not having particular items for student creations of their public products, or they could be talking about not having access to a celebrity or a well-known person to be a guest speaker, or maybe funds for a field trip, or expensive technology or a makerspace or labs for students to create it. You get the point. This idea often comes from seeing Pinterest worthy PBL examples and wanting to jump to that level of execution immediately, you know, go from one to 100 in a day. So you could be comparing yourself to those examples and thinking if you don't have all of those things, then why even bother? I need to wait until I have access to those resources. When in reality, you could just use whatever you have. 
So it's the idea of do what you can with what you have. I work with a variety of teachers, as I stated before, and some teachers do have access to resources where they are able to make a resource box for students and ship them to their houses. Or some resource boxes are available for a parent pickup. And then I work with some teachers where they don't have access to be able to provide students with resource boxes. And so they have to get more creative. So they think about it in a different way. They think about what resources they already have. So in reality, you can use whatever you have. Do what you can with what you have. Students' public products don't have to require highly produced productions. I've seen teachers encourage kids to use items from around their home, recyclable materials, or tech tools or apps that they already have access to. Think about what you have and design your PBL plan around it. Don't become discouraged because you hear another teacher say, hey, in this hybrid learning environment, I'm able to ship this PBL resource box to my students. And because you don't have access to that, it doesn't mean that you cannot do a PBL unit. Thought number three, I need to know for certain this will work. Now, I was going to say I need a proven plan, but sometimes even with that, you may be hesitant to take action. I had a proven plan on how to launch a podcast and I was still hesitant. And in reality, you have access to a proven planning document that you could download right now, which is the impactful PBL roadmap. And I offer this guide for free so that you can start to craft a PBL unit. At this point, hundreds of teachers have used it to launch a PBL in their classroom. So we can technically say that it has been successful. And the other thought could be, I need to know for certain that this will work. Well, let me say you will experience things you didn't plan for. And that is part of the learning process. I'm sure you've designed lessons before that you thought was going to be a hit and it was a miss or lessons that you felt a little shaky about and the kids loved it. So that is just part of teaching and learning. Thought number four, now is not the time. School is constantly changing. One minute we're fully remote, then we're blended or hybrid, or then we're in person. And it's too many changes going on to try people. I should wait for a more stable time. Now, the thing is, I've heard this before when we were in person and we weren't experiencing the pandemic, but it sounded like this. We got a new school leader or a grade level teacher, or we have a different demographic of students, etc. So we should just wait until things become more stable. Let's reframe that thought to think about how can we make it work in the learning environment that we currently have? How can launching a PBL unit right now in a blended or hybrid learning environment be beneficial? How can we reduce Zoom fatigue, spark student creativity, and boost their motivation and engagement, or maybe just boost my love of teaching during our new normal? In episode 11, I know I share my thoughts about PBL in a virtual learning environment. Also, we don't know how long school will operate the way it's operating. We could be waiting for another six months or a year, who knows? I remember last year by March, I figured it was a month situation Then kids would be back in school. When school got canceled for the rest of the year, I said, oh, definitely by the end of the summer, when August comes, students will be back in school. Well, here we are now, February of 2021, and in some places, students still have not been back to school in person almost a year later. So we don't know if we'll be waiting for another six months or another 12 months. So that's how long that you could be waiting to start your people unit. Thought number five, I'm waiting on my colleagues to join me. 
So remember that story I told you earlier about the teacher who said, hey, she did that for years, waited on other people to join her, and sometimes it never happened. And she missed out on launching certain opportunities in her classroom until she decided that she was no longer going to do that. The truth is, waiting on your colleagues to join may or may not ever happen. The fact that you're listening to this podcast means that you probably also do professional development outside of traditional school requirements, meaning you're probably listening to multiple educational podcast. Maybe you watch some videos. Maybe you read some blogs. Maybe you participate in social media conversations around educational topics. I consider teachers like you rock star teachers. The truth is everyone's not like you. And to wait around for your colleagues to join you on a new journey may or may not happen. There are some teachers who will not attend a professional development unless it is mandatory. They're not going to spend their weekends to learn more about PBL or attend extra webinars and things of that sort. So you have to understand that not everyone shares the same philosophy as you. Some are happy doing the same lessons every year, regardless if they are effective, regardless if students are learning, because let's be honest, it's easy and it doesn't require change. I always think about my eighth grade math teacher who used to have those transparencies that she clearly wrote three years prior. And she would sit at the overhead projector and take the transparencies and put it up there. And she would have a timer. And after three minutes would go by and you copied all the notes, she would move that transparency and put another transparency. And if she would move that transparency and put another transparency, I don't think she planned a lesson probably in years after that point, right? And so were there other instructional strategies that were coming on the scene to make learning more engaging? Sure. But she may not have been interested in exploring that because it was easy to open up that folder and put those transparencies on there. So one option that you can do is go ahead and get started now on your PBL journey. Share with your colleagues and you will probably attract at least one other person who's interested as well because sometimes people wait for others to get started or wait for someone else to be interested in something before they will actually take the leap themselves. Or if you are involved in other online learning communities or educational networks, reach out to some of those people and see if they're interested in joining the PBL journey with you. If you really feel like you want teacher support, you can have access to a group of teachers right now. They may just not be teachers at your school site. So to wrap things up, reading about podcasting, watching videos about podcasting, talking to people who started a podcast. Yes, it sparked my interest and I did learn in that process, but I actually learned more when I set the podcast up. I recorded my first episode. I edited my first episode. I added an intro and an outro, and I'm still learning each day. You may find that my podcast episodes are get better. If you've listened to episode one and listened to this episode, I'm pretty sure it probably sounds a lot better. The flow may be better. The way that I'm explaining things may be better. And I'm sure that when I look at a hundred episodes from now, the same thing, I'm going to look back on these episodes and cringe and be like, oh, I can't believe I put that out into the world, right? But I'm going to learn along the way and I'm going to get better along the way, but that would not happen unless I actually execute. So what I am challenging you to do today is to think about how long have you been talking about wanting to be a project-based educator? Or maybe you have tried project-based learning once or twice, but you gave up on it for whatever reasons. I want to challenge you today to actually begin to plan your unit and execute it by the end of this school year. It doesn't have to be perfect. It's just a first step. Understand that students don't need expensive resources or materials to get started to create. They can use tech tools and resources that they already have. If you're thinking, yes, I've read a lot about PBL. I have a foundation understanding of PBL, but I need some guidance in terms of creating my first plan. Download the 
Paxful PBL roadmap and start your planning process. If you're thinking I need colleagues or I need my grade level chair or my co-teacher or whoever to start a PBL with me in order for me to embark on this journey, how about you get started and see if those people will want to join you? And if not, find a community of educators that will. So again, you have everything that you need to get started. So let's get started. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you find this podcast insightful, please leave a review and subscribe so you can get notified of future episodes.